Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. Welcome to the first episode of Season 5 of DesignCast. I am so humbled and honored to have the continued support for this project. Something that started as a labor of love in 2017 has grown into a podcast that is heard in over 90 countries, has passed over 10,000 unique listens, and is nearing 70 guest interviews. Thank you to everyone that listens, shares, comments, rates, and reviews. I totally hear you. I am so excited about where Season 5 will take us, so please reach out if you have any ideas for guests and or topics. For this episode of DesignCast, I had the unique pleasure of speaking to Scott Buell. Scott is the founder of Drone Legends, which is a drone-themed STEM education program preparing kids for success in the 21st century. He believes that inside every child lives a legend. Our discussion is about how to use drones in the classroom and to teach STEM skills to upper primary aged students. I know that you will enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed chatting with Scott. All of his contact information is available in the show notes, so please check that out. And I've included the books he mentioned in the Goodreads shelf. Now sit back, relax, and experience this chat with Scott Buell. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. (laughs) 
Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm absolutely excited and honored to have Scott Buell with me on today. Scott, good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing terrific. Thank you for having me, Jason. It is just such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm really, really excited to hear what you have to say. And so, Scott, if you don't mind, could you sort of introduce yourself and talk about your background and how you got to where you are? Yeah, you could try to give you the abridged version. <laughs> I, I'm based out of the Philadelphia area. We're in South Jersey. I'm... I'm a drone pilot that picked up a, a little quadcopter back before they were popular six, seven years ago when it was kind of a hobby thing to do. And uh, you know, I had a I had a real job. I was a, an account executive for a medical communication agency. I'd spent you know 25 years working in that field in the pharma marketing field. So I was a corporate guy. But again, I picked up a drone several years ago and got hooked. I have kind of this OCD personality, and of course. It, it quickly escalated from the tiny little $40 thing that you fly around your living room to a, a DJI Phantom within the span of about three months. And then I became that 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 creeper that was the guy flying the drone around the neighborhood. And again, you know, if you look back, it was a hobby thing. It really wasn't mainstream like it is today. And the tech has caught up and now you're seeing projected estimates of the commercial drone market uh, reaching about $63.5 billion by 2025. So now we're seeing drones delivering medicines and, and packages and helping with conservation efforts and search and rescue. And I could go on and on and on. And it's one of the things that we focus on in our program. So uh, that said, I today am the owner and founder of a STEM education program designed for upper elementary, middle school called Drone Legends. And we use what I call the magic of drones to help unlock the inner legends in children. I will get uh-huh. into that. We'll we'll yeah. totally get into that. I was going to just back up and say my first drone was a DJI Phantom as well. Yeah. And okay. So I mean, those things are pretty hardy, man. And I'll tell you <laughs> what, I still I still wish I had mine because it that, that thing could fly in like torrential downpours. It was. I mean, it was it was a beast. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm in a Mavic Pro today, and when I pick up the Phantom and fly it, it feels yeah. like you ever see one of those big heavy flies <laughs> that kind of get stuck in the house for a while. Yeah. It, 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 the comparison is un- yeah. unbelievable because now yeah. I zip that Mavic around and it's, it's responsiveness sure. is just incredible. And that Phantom now, it feels like the old dinosaur that I still like to pull out every now and then. And take yeah. Up because yeah. it was my, it was my original real drone. You know? Yeah, for real. I had one too. And I, I tell you, I, I do, I have a Mavic as well now. And yep, yep. the difference between the two, you're right. The responsiveness is pretty amazing. It's crazy, isn't it? It yeah. is crazy yeah. how far things have come. And only imagine, yep. In, in a very, very short time. So years, imagine what that's going to be in a couple of years, you know, I mean, so it's pretty that's what we're excited. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what we're excited about. And that's what we try to get the kids excited about is all the mm. opportunity that, you know, that and amongst other things, but all this incredible opportunity, you mm. know, hey, look, we're, we're, we're zipping a drone around on Mars as of like last week. Of course. Pretty insane, right? I mean, they're doing round trips of 800 feet where they didn't think that thing was even going to fly. Right. Knew, so. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was totally mesmerized by all the stuff that was happening on Mars. It was blowing yeah. my mind. So absolutely. So perfect segue, Scott, into tell me a bit more about Drone Legends, because I'm really excited to talk about the model you have and, and the programs that you're doing. Yeah, thanks. So, so, you know, when I started Drone Legends, I really was kind of looking for something that was going to be a little different. I'm I'm going to be very transparent here. I'm a 55-year-old guy. 
I grew up in the seventies. I was, you know, one of these kids that was enamored with Star Wars and Kiss and 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 all of that stuff that was branded over the top, and it, it took me to other worlds and different places. And so I'm a huge fan of that that iconic feeling of wanting to be a part of something so much bigger than I was, that magic, that inspiration. And so when I started Drone Legends, I, I didn't want to create just another drone club, right? Uh, with Which is just a coding club or a, a flying club. I wanted to create a brand that made children feel very inspired about being part of something very unique and very special. I come from a character education background. Again, a little bit of transparency. I was a bit of a problem child as a young kid, and I got sent to a boarding school in Maine that focused on building my character. And that really changed my life. It saved me, quite honestly. And so I carry that with me today. And that's why my program's not called Drone bots, drone blocks, drone bites, drone legends, because I really do feel that inside every one of us, there lives this incredible unique potential or what we call this inner legend. And so my my purpose is to use that the magic of drones that I call to captivate children and bring them into the fold and then use that as an opportunity to work with them, to teach them character. Today, we call it social emotional learning. And just get them excited about learning and using the drone as a means to do that. So we've developed a a curriculum that combines uh, drone operations, drone flight, the physics of flight. So the kids are learning how to actually pilot and maneuver a drone. Cinematography. So one of the things that attracted me to my drone in the first place was the fact that I could put a see a camera on you know 350 foot view. And, and make movies or take really cool pictures. And I thought that was fun and exciting for me. And then the third component, you know, uh, it is the coding. You know, we work with a company called DroneBlocks. They're partners. Uh, they've developed a great app that integrates into the DJI Drone, which is the drone that we use. And we've wrapped a curriculum that is a problem-based, inquiry-based, fully integrated STEM program, largely self-driven with a lot of support for teachers as well, that engages kids across all of those disciplines underpinned by that social emotional learning platform, if you will. I hope that's kind of clear. It's it's a pretty big, big mm-hmm. deal. No, it's very clear. You've, you've actually answered a lot of the questions I was going to ask you. So thank you for being so succinct for I, me I, a while. I, <laughs> one thing, Jason, you're going to learn with me is you don't have to pull very hard to give talks. I'm the same kind of guy. So, <laughs> so one of the things we were talking about before, and I want to get into the technical aspects in a minute. But one of the things we were talking about before we even started, we were back and forth about this, and that was how can one truly integrate a STEM curriculum into more than merely coding and robotics? Mm, what, yeah. what is it that you guys are doing? What's the, the special secret that you guys have? We've My star superstar team has done just that. And that was what we set out to do initially. I didn't want to be very one-dimensional. You know, STEM is... The, and STEAM, let's be honest, it really is the A in there as well. It is the cross-discipline, the integrated discipline of all of those disciplines. So you are talking about, so STEM isn't just coding. STEM isn't just robotics. STEM isn't just engineering. It's the integration of science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So it's that engineering design process of how are we utilizing all of those skills and all of those disciplines to tackle complex challenges and problems. You know, you've got to pull and draw from each one of those elements to cre- to create, right? So in our program, everything is scenario-based and we've got 10 missions 
that have kids following Gimbal, our artificial intelligent drone, around the world and out of this world on these real-world scenario-based missions. So, for example, the kids are following Gimbal to Antarctica to help researchers at Mount Erebus monitor the snow-crusted and ice-crusted terrain for fumaroles. And so they're learning about fumaroles. They're learning geography. They're learning about how to use their drones, quote, thermographic camera to identify the heat spots. So they're also learning about what is a fumarole. And then they've got to construct this obstacle program to navigate through their own fumarole model and fly that manually and then convert that into code to make that happen then autonomously. And all of our missions kind of follow that format. And they've got to think through the problem, right? So we set them up with a scenario. Here's the problem. Here's the desired outcome. Now, utilize all of these disciplines. Think this thing through. What is the problem? What do you have at your your exposure? What are some of your challenges? And show us, students, fifth graders, fourth graders, how you're going to get from A, the problem, to Z, the solution, using all of these various disciplines that you've been learning through our program. So that's how we've managed to integrate it is by making it real world scenario based and letting kids interact in groups. And it's a very, you know, we're virtualed out. I've done a lot of Zoom programs over the last 12 months. I've had kids flying drones in their living room. It's been an unbelievably cool experience. But truthfully, the program that we've designed is meant for in-class, in-person, group work, teaching kids how to communicate and collaborate mm-hmm. with each other to solve complex challenges. Yeah, that you actually that segues me into the question, a follow-up question, which was during this situation where we really can't gather, at least for a while, we couldn't get together in groups or whatever. So did you ship out drones to the different school kids and, well, and that kind of thing? Or what What happened? Yeah, well, it's funny. You know, last March 13th of 2020, I was getting ready to start going into schools, churches, family rec centers with all of our drones and all of our materials. At the time, I didn't have the, the curriculum that I just talked about. It was more just me and uh, just going out and doing the drone clubs under the moniker of Drone Legends and still you know, inside every child lives a legend. There was always that vision. And then all of a sudden the the carpet got yanked out from under us. But what I did is I, when I look back on my social media, I don't know if I was crazy or just didn't care, but we went virtual. And the challenge of that was incredible because whereas before we used to bring the materials into the schools and the child would show up and they'd have access to the drones and the the iPads to fly them and the the materials. Now I was saying, hey, we're going to do this in your living room. And by the way, you need to purchase this little Tello drone. Now it's about $150. And we're going to fly these things around your house, mom and dad. <laughs> and, and the kids are, and the kids, it's great. The pictures are, are, are awesome because the kids are in their bedrooms and, and they're in their living room and they're out on their porch. And one of the kids got it stuck in a tree and the kids are laughing. And I got to tell you, looking back on it, you know, at first it was like, how am I going to pull this off? And we did. I think we did over 50 kids between March and I think the end of the summer or close into the fall, just in there in their homes, you know, eight, eight to 10 kids per Zoom, any more than that became unmanageable. So that kind of became our sweet spot. Uh, but, but we did it. And uh, you and I were talking a little earlier. I think the lemonade that came out of those lemons was that we were now, I would look up at my screen and I would see children from 
literally on the same club. Think about this. I had kids from New Mexico, Toronto, Michigan, Philadelphia, San Francisco, LA, all in the same group, hanging out, chatting with each other and having a blast. And I was like, okay, this, this really gets to the heart of community, right? This is what I was, what I had always thought of one day I would achieve is to be national and even international and having these community of these children all under this, hey, we're part of the same thing. We're part of drone legends, right? And here it was, who knew that that's how it would manifest is that I would look up and see all these kids looking back at me from this screen. And it opened up a tremendous world to me that had not existed prior. I was South Jersey, right? I was the guy in the tri-state area that was bringing drone legends around to the local schools. And I eventually wanted to expand, but that accelerated it like I think it did for everybody. The technology just accelerated our adoption of it. Fantastic. Yeah. I think you probably had to scale up pretty quick, probably faster than you ever were planning to do to do Mm -hmm. that. And so I'm looking at this Trello online and it makes me think a lot of like a, like a parrot mamba or these, you know, it looks a little bigger, but it's, it's safe to fly inside. Okay. Like it's completely classroom based drone. DJI makes it under the moniker rise technologies. Parrot discontinued the mambo. I really like the mambo, but they've not, they're not supporting it anymore. They've moved to a more enterprise platform, which is fine. The Tello is a great drone. It's very safe, lightweight. We use it in the classroom. So now, you know, we're, we're bringing the kids into teams and they're working with, you know, I think each class has four to five drones per and they're working in groups and having fun flying this thing around. It's very safe weight. It does. It takes a beating. It really can okay. take a, you okay. know, the worst thing that's going to happen is you have to replace a few props, but sure, sure, sure. But what even has, I see some, some frames that go around it to kind of protect. Sure uh, does. Because mm-hmm. I, I mistakenly tried to fly a, a phantom inside the gym Indoors. one time. Oh, did you really? And it was like a giant Faraday cage. I, uh, <laughs> I was, sweating, buddy. But I thought, what am I going to do here? So I never did that again. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because the Tello doesn't have where you lost in your phantom inside the gym was you lost your GPS. So therefore you lost your, your, your stabilizing and you lost all your altitude and your, that, you know, when you're, when you're outdoor with a, with a phantom, you can push on it and it's going to fight its way back to the position where it was sitting because it's, it's got, it's locked onto GPS. Well, Tellos don't have that. They have a a vision positioning system that actually gives them an internal lock. So they're meant to be flown indoors and they, they use the camera and this downward facing vision positioning system to kind of figure out where the drone sits and give it some stability. So it does have an altitude hold and it does hold its position pretty well. It was really scary. I know you know what I'm talking about. I like do. I was I just so stupid thinking about it now, how dumb I was. <laughs> and I feel like the Mavic probably with all of its cameras around it, cause I have a Mavic pro two or whatever. And yeah, it, a little um, better. I think it would careful. be a little better, but you'd still need to be really careful. A great indoor drone is the Mavic mini. If you really want to get inside, and you put the cage around it, it's actually, you know, because of its size, it's smaller. The Mavic's a beast, you know, that's, that's not really meant to be flown indoors. But if I do some real estate stuff, I can bring a, I can bring a Mavic mini indoors and get some mm-hmm. pretty cool shots. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's awesome. And I love it that you've created a character called Gimbal. I think that's really, yeah. I, I appreciate Gimbal's the awesome. humor we in love that. Gimbal. We, I, you know, we're, we're, I love the name. We're, we're trademarking the name. We're, we're trying. It's not easy because, you know, a Gimbal is actually a real thing, but 
provided we 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 keep him in context, I think we're going to be just fine getting the name trademarked for him. But I have to keep going back to the to the copyright place and the the patented trademark, and I have to keep explaining to them that I'm not trying to trademark a gimbal. I'm trying to trademark the name Gimbal as a little cartoon character drone. He's he's really cool. We're working on a bunch of different moves for him. You know, I've got about a library now of about fifty different positions that he can be in. So he's animated. He's coming to life one day. So awesome, stay man. tuned. Gimbal Gimbal will be that. Gimbal will be flying around and coming to a living room in your house soon. <laughs> oh so. man! So let me ask you this: Can you deliver your program without a drone? No, good question. No, the current program's meant to be in school with live drones and live children. In fact, the new program, STEM Fundamentals, which launched in March, is that 10 mission-based curriculum, 15 contact hours. It's aligned to NGSS, ISTE, CSTA, Common Core English Language Arts, and Math, and we'll actually map it to your state's standards if need be. That's actually meant to be taught. So we have a complete PD program that goes along with it. Every student gets a mission guide. The teachers, there's a lesson plan, a detailed, very rigorous detailed lesson plan for each mission. They have access to a portal that has presentations and slide decks that accompany each mission. So it's a complete turnkey system that allows any educator at any school to bring the Drone Legends experience into their class or after-school enrichment program. You no longer need to rely on us to run it. You run it. We'll give you all the tools and PD and training that you need to successfully bring that experience to your school. And that's really the, that's what's got us excited is moving forward is now we can bring this to so many more people because we're not limited to just myself or one of our other trainers to run it. it. It can truly be brought to anybody now. Very cool. Man, you really had to upskill quite quickly. You know, We've done, uh, yeah, really the team assembled. I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculously proud of the team I've assembled. They took, they took about 12 months, a little more of 12 months of content. And I, you know, I, I wasn't a quote unquote trained educator. I just really found that I was good working with kids and that I had a knack for developing content. You know, as I was an, a, an account executive for agencies, my life was standing in front of executives pitching. And so when it came time to get in front of kids, it was just natural. And the way that I knew how to do that, especially through Zoom, was to create slides, right? So, but my slides, I'm also came, you know, I moved to Philly in 1985 to be an artist. So I have an art background. So I'm fortunate in that I could create these really fun, quote, PowerPoints that didn't look like PowerPoints. They felt very animated, almost like animated cells. And I would use those to drive the programs. And so, but I knew, I knew last summer that if I wanted to take this to the next level, and I needed to bring in that true academic rigor. And so I searched and searched and searched. And I probably went through like five different people before I found the one. And I call her the one, Clara Wilson, Clara High. She came in and and just jumped on this thing and, and owned it and and leveraged her network of people. And so we've got some incredible visual designers that are creating. I mean, the program visually is what you see visually is represented in content as well. It's just a magical, magical experience. And I couldn't be prouder of what they've done to bring my vision to a place over a short period of time, I think since last September to today, to where I look at it and go, wow, this is all right, now we're now we're here. This is this is something real. This is something we can take to the world and and everybody's gonna really get a kick out of it. 
Very cool. And so you're using block programming a lot yes, like we are. And so how are you doing that? Is it Scratch, Scratch Junior? Is it, mm. you know, what, what Robot C? What, what is it? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a program called Drone Blocks. It's, it's made by the group Drone Blocks. And I have a, a good relationship with those folks. They're, they're super supportive in what we're doing. And, and I'm super supportive in what they do. They've, they've spent years putting this thing together. And I'll, I'm here to tell you, I've tried just about every combination of drone and drone programming. And there isn't a better pairing right now than drone blocks and Tello. It, it isn't perfect. Uh, it's tech, right? So it's always going to have its little issues and tweaks, but boy, these guys are on it and they do a great job. And and one of the things that we address is, you know, you'll notice the, the audience that I focus on is very young. It's upper elementary, early middle school. Drone blocks covers a wide breadth of moving all the way into Python and Node-RED and, and, and Java and OpenCV. And, you know, it goes way beyond just the block coding app that they've developed. And so we've decided here at Drone Legends to be very, very narrowly focused. You know, I, I, I prefer to go very deep and have deep expertise in, in our, I know who my audience is, right? And so I don't want to be everything to everybody. People always ask me, do you want to do 107 training? And are you going to do high school robotics? And you're going to do, I say, you know what? Really? No, not now. Because, you know, you can't be, I don't want to be a master, a jack of all and a master of none. I really understand. And I like the group that we work with. I like the fact that these fourth and fifth graders, they still have that 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 magic in their eyes, right? Like they still love gimbal and they love going to Mount Erebus and they love, you know, that's to me, I always think about the 10 year old that I was and what would make me jazzed up. And and so that's where we focus. And so to get back to drone blocks, you know, we we work with them very closely. I actually do a lot of their professional development and I do some of their webinars because I believe in the product. And uh, we've used it exclusively in our program uh, with their blessing and their support uh, because it's the greatest way, for, I think, for the kids to really experience what it means to autonomously run a drone. So that's what we use. That's the program we use. And visual-based programming language is very appropriate for this age group. You know, we, and we, what's nice about the, the DroneBlocks app is that you can, uh, quote, show your mission code and able, the kids are able to see the Java script beneath the block. So as part of our curriculum, they're, they're actually looking and making the, you know, looking at the parallels and the, the connection, making the connection between the block and the Java so that when or if they do progress into more of those, you know, those textual based programming languages, it doesn't look foreign to them when they reach, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, and they, they all of a sudden go, I want to get into Python. Sure. Well, you know, I, I want to go back to something you said about maintaining a narrow focus. And, and I think, I, I really don't know of too many programs like this. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know of a lot of robotics programs. I know a lot of 3D printing programs and whatnot, but stuff like this, I, I'd, I've not seen a lot of this. And so I think probably you're onto something with a narrow focus. You know, you don't yeah, want to stretch yeah. yourself out well, too much. You know, it's there's that book, The One Thing, and I've, I'm blanking on the author, but it's a really great book. And it's, it's, it's about that. It's about find the one thing that you're really good at and be great at it. Don't, it's easy to get spun out, right? It's really easy to to look at the next shiny object and and want to want to jump on everything. And and when you do that, at least this is my opinion, when you do that, you you lose focus, right? And so you lose your audience. Your audience is smart. You know, people are smart and they they understand when you know something, 
and you're the expert in that field, they'll they'll respond to that. But you can't be the expert if you've got your if you're spinning, you know, 50 different plates across 50 different verticals. It just doesn't work. So Scott, where do you see this going? I mean, it's really had to probably scale a lot faster than you anticipated given given the current circumstance. But where do you where do you, what do you see happening? Where do, where would you like to see this go in 5, 10, 15 years? Yep. All right. So I'm a, I'm a big journaler. So I journal this, right? So I, I look at where this is going. And, and so when I go back to where we really are with the drones, remember my, my vision isn't to create just a drone club. My vision is to create a, a compelling brand, a brand that my 10-year-old little Scotty Buell would have just been like, I got to be a part of that. And, and so in, in that comes all of, you know, I, this is going to be, this may sound contradictory to what I just said about focus. However, you got to look at it in context of where we're focusing. So I see the, the curriculum as the initial part of this, right? And, and I think when people start to see it and people experience it, you know, we are, we are closing these down right now. We're very active and you're going to see STEM fundamentals, the drone legends, new STEM fundamentals curriculum starting to, we're going to get to see now others running it. And we're going to get to see so many more kids engaged in this magic world that is drone legends. What comes from that is I am a huge, huge fan of book series, animated series, merchandise, toys, games, applications, live events, you know, like I, I, we've structured it as such. If you look at my logo and you look at the energy behind it, it's meant for intentionally, it's meant to be that. And so three, five years down the road, we want kids watching our shows. We want kids reading our books. And it's not, it's not comic books that are like, Hey, let's talk about science. It's real early reader chapter books that take kids on adventures Back in the day, again, I, I age myself sometimes, but there were these great books and they were the Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators. You ever hear of these things? Look them up if you haven't. They were great books. They, they took me to a different world. It was a bunch of you know, teens that were like a la Scooby-Doo, but they, they had an RV buried in a junkyard that was their headquarters. And it was just really cool. And they would solve these incredible mysteries. And, and that's the kind of book series I want to create. I don't want to break the fourth wall and have like the kids look at the screen and go, and now we're going to talk about coding. That's not what I want to do. I want to create something really fun and exciting and that really gets kids excited. And, and by doing that, you know, the goal behind it, this is all purpose-driven, is to cast that wide net and bring kids into the fold that might not otherwise be interested to begin with. And that's really the, the goal here, right? So I'm super inclusive. I want, this is for everybody, every kid, anywhere. And, and so I feel like if I can make it fun and I can make it exciting, we can capture the imagination of children that, that don't ever think about, well, I want to go to a coding club. Maybe they don't. But boy, once they get into it and experience how cool it is, now we've got them engaged and, and we're making it fun and we're making it interesting. And we've just now brought that to some child that might not otherwise have given it any consideration. Well, I was going to ask you what you're excited about, but I think you've been talking about it the whole time. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about this program. It, it just, it's so cool. And I'm excited about where we are. I'm excited to get kids back into school. I'm really excited about all the technology that's out there. And I think about, you know, we were talking about this, you and I, before we clicked live, this watching, you know, 
the drone space, what's it doing? And, and, and I'm in it. And it's, you know, I've been in it for so long. And now we're watching this Mars helicopter, which is really a drone zipping around Mars, taking aerial images of another planet. It's, wow, this is the coolest time in the world, I think. You know, it, we have our problems, sure, but, you know, always the optimist. And I think if we can get our kids, you know, my, I'm excited to get kids learning again and, and learning and loving to learn because, you know, all these 65% of these kids entering grade school are going to go on to work in jobs that don't right now exist. And some of the irony of that is that the, the, the STEM disciplines that we're teaching them are those that might then displace them out of jobs in the future, right? So robotics, engineering, machine learning, artificial intelligence. So, but what does that mean? It means that you have to have a strong character foundation. It means that you've got to have a lot of self-worth that you're able to pivot on a dime when obstacles are really not something to shy away from. They're something to lean into because on the other side of that is greatness. And so that's what we're trying to teach our kids, not just coding and not just STEM, but how to learn to have that strong foundation so that as you are, as you do encounter challenges, you're equipped to handle them. Could not have said that better myself, man. So yeah. Scott, tell me if any, if you had to recommend one book to anybody mm -hmm. right now to drop everything they're doing and read, what would it be? I'm a big reader, so I read books all the time. I'm trying to think of the one. You know, Tim Ferriss, right now, I think so many people have just been beaten up over the last 16 months and teachers in particular have just had a hard run of it. It's not been easy. My hat is off to you. Tim Ferriss's The Obstacle is the Way is a great book. It, it talks about leaning into the obstacles. It talks about how, you know, it's based on stoicism in the writings of Marcus Aurelius and and how to, and if you haven't heard of those, I, I encourage you to to look up Marcus Aurelius and read on Marcus Aurelius and, and look at Tim Ferriss's The Obstacle is the Way because it equips you with the ability to deal with deep, deep challenges on a personal level. And and so I think that's a really appropriate book for the time that we're in because a lot of people have felt very, very downtrodden and crestfallen and there's a lot of negativity in the world right now. And if you watch news, you shouldn't, sorry, but you really shouldn't. And you should really be looking at how do you how do you let the external world affect you? And the, the thing is, it's all inside, right? So I think that's a great book that I would recommend to anybody. Okay. I have a Goodreads shelf that I put all the recommended books from the podcast on. So that will be the next one I add so that you can, and I'll make sure you get a copy of the link to that so that you can Excellent. see that. So, so Scott, this has been so great, man. And I want to be respectful of your time. So I want to know sure. if people want to get in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can just go to the website and contact me. It's very simple. It's dronelegends.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at drone underscore legends. Instagram at We Are Drone Legends, Facebook We We Are Drone Legends as well. There, you can you can just Google Drone Legends. You'll find us. Best way to get a hold of me is connect with me on my LinkedIn page as well, or just just send us a contact. Uh, hit hit me up on the website and I'll get back to you. I do appreciate that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I'll make sure all of those links are linked in the show notes. Excellent. Uh, okay, so that, great. That way people can get in touch with you if they want to do that afterwards. But Scott, this is great. I really, really appreciate it. I could go all day. We could do that all day, but I know you have I, a whole day ahead of you and I have an <laughs> evening of sleep. Do. Yeah, yeah. I'm just getting started on this end. <laughs> so, but what I would love to do is maybe invite you back in a year or so and kind of yeah. see how things are going. I, I really, once things I are opened up, that. I would 
would love to hear how your model has adjusted and, and sort of transformed once you're back in schools and whatnot. So I, I really that. do appreciate this, Scott. This has been a great conversation and I know that everyone's going to find a lot of value in it. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon. Jason here from DesignCast, and I am just so pleased that you're here listening to DesignCast. I really appreciate all the feedback everyone's been giving me. It's been so fantastic to hear it, and it just really inspires me to continue going. Of course, making this week on week is difficult. If you feel so inclined, of course, there is no pressure. I would love it if you would take part in helping to support this podcast. And so I'm using a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And there are a couple different ways you can give. One is you can give a one-time gift. And then also there are monthly gifts that you can give. And by doing that, you will receive some services from me. Number one, you'll be part of Signcast support family. Also, there are different levels within that. So head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash designcast and you can find out more about the different ways you can support me. Thank you.